Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. You're in a Cessna 172, you've been cleared to land, you're number two behind an Airbus A320. Now what? Hey everyone, Jason Shabbert here of M0A.com and just so excited to have you all on the podcast today, the Private Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. Just for all your ground training needs, full private instrument commercial pilot online ground school, weekly workshop webinars every Monday night. I do weekly webinars with our online ground school. Great opportunity just to... um, Learn more about aviation, interact with myself live while throughout the week you're going through the videos, taking our quizzes, preparing for the knowledge test, preparing for the check ride, then check in every Monday night and allow myself and my team here to really be your flight training mentors and your flight training accountability partners. That's really what we're after with that. Today's topic, and by the way, you can learn more about that by going to Ground School Academy. Dot com if that interests you. Today's topic is wake turbulence. And one thing I want you to realize is every aircraft generates a wake. Wake turbulence, these wingtip vortices we hear about, is simply just a byproduct of lift. And every aircraft produces it from your 172, your 150, whatever you're flying, your Cherokee 140, all the way up to that Airbus A320 and everything else. Now, what you need to realize is Wake turbulence is, like I said, a byproduct of lift. That being said, when the airplane has all three wheels on the ground, it's not generating any lift, it's not generating any wingtip vortices, thus there is no wake turbulence. Now, the moment that nose wheel leaves the ground, that's when that airplane starts generating enough lift to at least get the nose wheel up, wingtip vortices are now present and we need to be aware of that. So I want to share with you just really kind of what to do in these situations, what we can do, what the aim suggests inside the far aim as what we can do. So we talked about wake turbulence, it's vortex generation, and what we want to talk about now is how to actually avoid it here. That's what we're really after when we're talking about these wingtip vortices. So let's use this this scenario I, I opened up with saying you're in a 172, you've been cleared to land number two behind an Airbus A320. What is the goal? The goal for me, since this aircraft is landing, his or her wingtip vortices are going to descend down, obviously behind that aircraft as it's coming in to land. My goal is to stay above that airplane's glide path and touch down beyond his or her touchdown point. Now, what if we flip that scenario around and that same Airbus A320 is taking off in front of us? Well, you want to pay very close attention because you want to watch for the moment that nose wheel leaves the ground. That's when that airplane starts producing its lifts. You want to watch for that. Your goal is to rotate sooner, which I promise you, it shouldn't be a hard thing to do to take off sooner than that Airbus A320 did. They're going to use a lot more runway than we will. But the next part is where it gets a little crazy. They recommend to take off sooner and stay above their climb path now. Well, since you're going to rotate sooner, you're going to certainly outclimb that A320 for a little bit 
but how long can we really keep that going on, right? We're climbing at four or 500 feet per minute. He or she is eventually going to be climbing at thousands of feet per minute. So there's going to eventually run to a point where you're not going to outclimb them. So that's where a nice turn to the left, turn to the right to get out of that situation really benefits us the most. Now, what if we're just crossing flight paths with this aircraft? They're crossing perpendicular in front of us. Remember that the sink rate on these wingtip vortices, I mean, can be 500 to 1,000 feet, uh, and it can sink in hundreds of feet per minute as it comes down. I've experienced this in the air flying uh, perpendicular to a P-3 that was going into Navy Jacks, um, a, a Navy base in Jacksonville, Florida, and didn't think anything of it, was actually taking pictures of the P-3. This is so cool. This is so awesome. I've never hit my head on top of a, a headliner of a 172 as hard as I did that day. In fact, I think I still have the imprint that says Bose somewhere on top of my head because it rocked our world. It really will wake you up. You think of wake turbulence so often just as, oh, that's when we're, we're um, take off or land. That's when I really need to worry about wake turbulence. And that's when we talk about the most because that's the most likely but even crossing paths, we need to be aware of it here. Now, a very popular FAA written test prep question is this. What type of wind keeps wake turbulence around the longest? Not just a written test or a knowledge test prep question, but certainly a checkride question as well. And the answer is a light quartering tailwind. Think about it. Picture with me a runway. And that airplane rolling down the runway, the wingtip vortices come off from that airplane and spread out, making like a V, and eventually go even beyond the edge of the runway as they come out. If you have a light quartering tailwind from either direction, it's going to blow one of those that's making a V, and it's going to blow one of those lines back right onto the runway and really extend it out long. And if you don't believe me, Go look in the NTSB reports of accidents with general aviation aircraft related to flying into wake turbulence. Now, the AIM really, I mean, AIM Chapter 7, Section 3 spells out everything with wake turbulence. AIM 7-3-8 actually goes as far as to share pilot responsibilities. And I want to kind of, you know, share this with you here. Government and industry groups are making, you know, making efforts here to minimize or eliminate hazards of trailing vortices. Um, however, the flight disciplines necessary to ensure vortex avoidance during normal VFR operations must be exercised by us, the pilot. This is where pilot responsibilities come in. So they continue on here. Um, to listen for words like super or heavy, like, you know, November 1, 2, 3, 4, heavy, um, super, words like that to really be listening for. And they're encouraging, obviously, the airliners and these super or heavy aircraft to use this type of terminology so we can certainly be aware of it here. Now, this is so interesting, too. It continues on to say that we have what they call three minutes or the appropriate radar separation for takeoff. Here's what I mean by this. This is called three minutes now. Let's let me give you that same scenario. You're in a 172 and an Airbus A320 is taking off. And man, we're at Miami International. It is so busy. Uh, Class Bravo Airport, airliner after airliner, takeoffs and landings back and back. And you're just trying to get out of there, right? Well, they come on and say, hey, listen, um, Cessna 7159 Quebec, uh, runway, I'll say 36. I can't remember what runways they have down there, but runway 36, uh, 
you know, no delay, you're clear for takeoff. Caution wake turbulence from the departing A320. And literally, you're, the guy's still basically in sight, just barely clear of the runway. They're trying to pump traffic out of there, and you're a little nervous about wake turbulence. But at the same time, you don't want to make the controller mad because, man, they're just trying to do their job. They're trying to get traffic in and out of here. I want to hold up everybody behind me. But you, as the pilot in command, have the final authority as to the safety of that flight. And I promise you that the controller would much rather give you what's called your three minutes, I'll explain that here in just a bit, than do paperwork because there was an accident on his or her runway. So in that situation, you can say, listen, um, I appreciate that. I'm going to decline my takeoff clearance and I'm going to take my three minutes. And it literally says right here in the pilot controller glossary of items, three minutes or the appropriate radar separation when takeoff behind a super aircraft or two minutes when behind a heavy aircraft. And they list all these items here that you can do. You could take, depending if it's a super or heavy, hey, either way, I'm taking three minutes, no matter if it's a super or heavy. You know what? They might not even call themselves a super or a heavy aircraft. I don't want to deal with the wake turbulence. So I'm going to take my three minutes and they may send me back to ground and ask me a taxi somewhere else so other aircraft can get out of the way until they can get enough separation to where I'm comfortable to go. But you know what? I'm the pilot in command and I have the final authority as to the safety of this flight. And I would much rather be a pain to them that way than be a pain because they're cleaning up my aircraft on the runway and have to do some paperwork now. And I've got a lot of explaining to do. And now my certificate's in jeopardy of being revoked or suspended because of my poor aeronautical decision making because it was my responsibility. You understand? It's just so important to know that you have that in your flight bag, that that three-minute option is just, it will benefit you greatly with that. So please make sure you know that, make sure you understand that. Listen, you don't have to take off just because Tower says so. You don't have to land just because they gave you a landing clearance. You can. You always have the option to go around. And you know what? That controller might sound like he or she is mad at you at this time. They may even ask you to call a phone number and say, listen, I just need you to do this. But you always have the option to go around. Don't let, and a lot of controllers are pilots, but a lot of controllers aren't pilots and just don't understand. This is a knock against controllers by any means. I'm just telling you. But if you've listened to ATC tape, like just for example, the not too terribly long ago, the Cirrus crash in Houston. If you haven't listened to that, uh, I don't want to encourage you to listen to it because it's it's graphic just to listen to. And even more so, they have some video of it. It's even more graphic to see the video, unfortunately. But you hear these controllers perhaps overstepping their bounds as to what they can and cannot do as controllers and, and forcing this, this pilot into a situation she really shouldn't have put herself in, but was, was hoping not to be there anyways with go arounds and, and Hey, you're too high. You need to go around and just a lot of things. There's a lot of dynamic there. And you just have to always remember that you have the final authority as the safe operation of that aircraft. That's just your responsibility. You don't have to land. You have a go around always and never hesitate to pull that card and do 
that go around. Or you know what? Maybe you don't want to go around. Maybe you're still on a long final. Do a 360. Make that 360 degree approach work for you. And just, hey, I'm gonna make a left 360 out of here and re-enter on the final. And that's how I'm gonna do that. So you just have so many options that can truly work for you. Remember, you are the pilot in command. That's what's so very important. Remember that. But as far as wake turbulence goes, it's very real world applicable. You're going to run into these types of scenarios. So please don't just know this for a knowledge test. Don't just know this for a check, right? Although I promise you it'll be on both. You certainly need to know it. You certainly need to master it for safe real world flying. So hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you're loving just this entire podcast series, the private, the instrument, the commercial, the CFI podcast. We do, um, you know, new episodes every week for them. So I'm recording four podcasts a week on top of what we do with our YouTube videos, on top of our Facebook videos, on top of um, everything you see we do inside the online ground school. Webinars every Monday night. We, we turn out a lot of content and a lot of it is, is put out for free like this. The whole goal is to help make you safer, smarter pilots. And we know by giving away some of our best content that always comes back to benefit us. Uh, we're in this thing for the long haul, and we just appreciate you guys just being a fan, uh, sharing the good word of M0A.com with your friends, your colleagues, other pilots at the airport. It truly means a lot. So listen, enjoy the rest of your day, and most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.